Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Just a reminder to CHML uh, Children's Fund still in full swing. The CHML Christmas Tree of Hope campaign. Uh, text donate to 30333 for an instant $5 uh, donation to the Children's Fund. We thank you for that and all the details on how you can help us help the kids on the website at, at uh, 900CHML.com. All right, let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, public relations consultant. Alyssa PR, she is with us now. Alyssa, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. As always, Scott. Uh, I saw this article today and I immediately thought of you and your branding expertise and such. Uh, There's an article by Mike Armstrong. It's on the Global website. uh, Taking the pulse of America in the age of President Donald Trump. And then a quote, it's too much. And he visited uh, a a small area between, I think, Pennsylvania, Ohio and Virginia in and around that area and sort of in various towns and sort of took the pulse of America. And obviously the the division is really deep. You're either on this side or that side. There's families that are split up with this. It's it's pretty intense. That being said, he said the common denominator here is both sides said overexposure, too much. Uh, and, and, you know, it made me think of uh, your favorite pop song that comes out in the summertime and then they just keep playing the hell out of it over and over and over and over again until <laughs> the, your favorite song becomes your worst song. Is this going to happen with the president? Something that we hear of, see every single day in your face, it becomes too much. Wow. I have to tell you, when I saw that clip from Global News, I was shocked. I really was. And, you know, here's the thing. You think that nothing could ever sway his base about anything. And that, you know, overexposure would also not be an issue. But here it is. And it is an issue. Um, you know, we always felt that, you know, uh, Trump had a bit of a had a bit of a Teflon effect with his base. He could do no wrong. He could say no wrong. He can say it as much as he wants. And here they are in sort of saying, you know what? We're getting tired of the rhetoric. We're getting tired of complaining. We're getting tired of whatever he has to say day after day after day. And normally, you know, when you look at a news cycle, a story undergoes uh, fatigue very, very quickly. And, you know, with Trump, it never seems to be any sense of fatigue with his base. But here we have this sense of fatigue. And I realize that this is one story at one point in time. But honestly, I think it's a really important story. And I think it's a really important narrative because it does speak to what his strategy will be going forward. Now, do I think that this will sway the strategy in any sense? No, but I do not at the moment. But do I think that at this point, his handlers have to consider it and not just take it with a grain of salt? Yes. It's fascinating, though, because it's a different angle. Most thought it would be the politics. You you use the Teflon Don term, but it's not politics. It's good old-fashioned marketing, and we're getting too much of it. And and I think that your analogy with the song, the summer song that we hear over and over and over again, is is well taken. You know, you pick that song in the summer it, of the summer. It uh, goes into the A list rotation, and you do hear it. You know, every hour on the hour, no matter what station that you're listening to. And in this case, you know, what the Republicans do really well is they do pick a very, very powerful but um, easily understood narrative. So when you talk about impeachment, he doesn't say impeachment. He calls it witch hunt. And everybody understands witch hunt. They may not understand impeachment, but they certainly understand witch hunt. And in every single interview he does, he repeats those buzzwords and those key messages that are being fed to him. So based on uh, the narrative and the articulation and the dissemination of the narrative, it, you know, full point. 
maybe it's that overconsistency that will eventually play against him. And we remember with when Justin Trudeau first came onto the scene, uh, and the honeymoon period lasted for a long period of time. And I remember people saying, you know, we hear or see something from Trudeau several times a week. We never would hear anything from Stephen Harper for long periods of time. Uh, and and now you're seeing with the, the election results that we've just seen, I, I think the prime minister's pulling it back a notch. I think he's taking a step back. Will we see the Donald do the same thing? Wow, that is a that that's a really good question. And you know, you and I have had no lack of stories to talk about once, twice a week for the past two and a half years. Yeah. Ever since Trump came into, came into power, and you know, normally when you're creating an agenda for these type of things, you're really looking for stories. We've never had to do that. Um, do I think that Donald will start pulling back? I don't know. I can't really see that because of what's about to ensue with the articles of impeachment. I can't see that that happening. You know, these campaign style um, rallies that he's been having since the beginning, we all sort of laughed at them at, at, you know, at the start going, why is he still campaigning? But honestly, this is the best way to talk to his base. And he can ramble on and he can say whatever he wants to say and they'll stand there and they'll cheer. Will they continue doing that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, when we had those midterm elections, we saw a lot of seats flip. And that's what gave the House to the favor of the Democrats. Hmm. Uh, will this continue in the same sort of way? Maybe, but it's a really, really hard call. All right, can't let you go without asking your thoughts on uh, the whole SNC-Lavalin, Jody Wilson-Raybould thing with the Prime Minister. We remember way back when, well, Jody Wilson-Raybould, a news person of the year this year, that was the story of the year because we talked about it for so long. Of course, the Prime Minister's office pressuring the Attorney General's office to give a deferred prosecution agreement, a deal to SNC-Lavalin. That all blew up and we know where that went. Now, all of a sudden, earlier in the week, uh, a vice president is convicted and now... In, the, in regard to the case that, that involved Jody Wilson-Raybould and the Prime Minister, they have now pled guilty on. So how does it look for the Prime Minister when he's putting pressure, which the Ethics Commissioner uh, convicted him, said you, you shouldn't have done that, you're putting pressure on the, the Attorney General, and then they turn around and plead guilty. He's basically asking for a deal for a company that's guilty. How does this come back to him? Wow, you know, this really... I love his talking line, you know, if we had known... Should we have known? Could we have known? Maybe would have done things differently. You know, the answer to that is, you think? You know, the, yeah. it, it's unbelievable. He, you know, the, the the Liberal Brain Trust at the time decided to embark on a And based on that, you know, based on that, they, they basically kept themselves in the news cycle for about, I don't know, a year. Yeah. And it really eroded his support uh, come election time. It eroded his support even in Quebec. And he's in a position right now that he honestly didn't need to be had he gone out on a limb to protect SNC-Lavalin, which basically probably had a strategy all along. Right now, I think he must feel quite hard done by, considering what he did. And you know, now people are saying, well, they were convicted. What's going to happen with the 9,000 jobs that he kept crowing about? And obviously nothing. nothing is going to happen to those jobs. But <laughs> yeah. is this inquiry still over? Are they still going to not look at it? Uh, you know, once the government rises again, you know, this could be something that that continues to haunt him based on those original uh, tactics. Jody Wilson-Raybould fully vindicated here? Um, yeah, probably. But I mean, her behavior of, of late, 
I mean, she might feel vindicated, but honestly, this whole thing with not moving out of the ministerial suite, mm. I, I don't even want to I saw her on TV last night talking about that, and she said it's all overblown, that she's in an office that's uh, apparently even better than the one she was in. But why? It's all overblown, but she's yeah. the one who blew it up. Yeah. You know, I don't think that, you know, Jody Wilson-Raybould is as virtuous as we all like to think she is. I think she's a very, very savvy politician. I think, mm-hmm. yes, she's um, a champion of Indigenous affairs. Yes, she's a champion of feminist uh, feminism. But, you know, she doesn't get what she wants. She stamps her foot and makes sure that she gets her point across. So this issue only became overblown because she made it an issue. And, you know, with the SNC-Lavalin scandal, you know, she's coming off as as this virtuous player. But, oh, she decided to tape a conversation, and now I'm going to release the tape. Hmm. Really? Really? So you may want to walk around with this halo around you, but I have to tell you, I think a lot of people think otherwise. Uh, When the House gets back together after and sits again after the uh, new year, is this fodder? Does this come back up again? Sure, I think the opposition may want to keep it in their back pocket and may want to bring it up again, and it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Alyssa Freeman has been with us, public relations consultant, Alyssa PR. Alyssa, as always, thank you so much for the time, and thank you so much hum, uh, Thank you so much for all you contribute to this show over the year. We greatly, greatly appreciate it, and have yourself a great holiday. It's my privilege to be on your show, Scott, and thank you for always having me. We'll chat next year. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.